wait no longer. Greatness has arrived. Welcome to the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. I am your host, Joseph, and it is here on this very podcast where every single Thursday, I, myself, and along with my best friend, Kyle, talk about the latest and greatest in all things PlayStation. But this week, it's a little bit different, right? It's a week after 4th of July. Everybody is on vacation. Seriously, going through the news this week was difficult. We almost had to talk about someone selling their bathwater online. That's how slim the news is. And to top it all off, I would usually at this part of the show introduce my co-host Kyle. But he's been sick because he does this huge summer camp thing every single summer. These kids are getting him sick. And every single other person that I've asked, hey, could you come on and be a co-host you know, on the trophy room this week? Everybody else is sick because everybody else has kids. And these kids are getting everyone sick, which it goes to show being a parent is not what it's all cracked up to be. So here's the deal. It's just me this week. That's right. We're running solo. No co-host, just me, myself, and you in your car, at home, at work. It's a little bit intimate. It's a little bit maybe a little sexy. So with that said, let's talk about, before we get to the news, which again, there isn't a lot of. We're going to talk about No Man's Sky. We're going to talk about the lack of state of play. We're going to talk about PlayStation Now, why no one actually talks about it. We're going to talk about Shenmue 3's controversies and all that jazz. But before we do, just like how we start each and every week, is with what we've been playing. But again, why am I doing plural? It's singular. What have I been playing? You might be asking yourself, what's Joseph been playing lately? Last week, I left you off with Apex Legends Season 2 just started. And I still been playing Apex Season 2 with our good friend Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, over at Mixer.com slash the Insipid Ghost over from the uh, Xbox Drive podcast. We've been playing a lot more Season 2, and I think I'm at, at this point about level 16 in the battle pass. So my thoughts have evolved on this game as far as like, is it a solid battle pass? I don't know still. And that's the thing. My problem with apex is that it's, it's getting some things right. Like weekly challenges, daily challenges, they're there, but just some of the challenges seem a little bit unrealistic, especially to casual audiences, like uh, kill two people with pistols in a single match. Like, that's a little bit too difficult for some people. For me, it it was challenging, sure, but again, it was a little bit too difficult. Some of the challenges just, I don't know, they don't scale right. And when it comes to XP, getting in the battle pass, they purposely scale it so that once you hit 10 levels, it actually is like you're kind of hitting that paywall, kind of how you would in a free-to-play ga uh, free game. You would hit this wall of you need 54,000 experience, which equates to, people did the math and they're smarter than me, about five hours of play. So it goes to show I've been playing way too much Apex if I'm level 16 and it's week two. But nonetheless... It's a solid battle pass. I just feel like there's still something there's still something missing. It's catching up. But my my worry is it's going to catch up too late as we've been seeing the numbers like the stock of EA's kind of dropped over the past few days because Apex didn't hit as hard as investors would have hoped to, especially with season two. So right now I'm not saying it's like the death nail or Apex is in trouble or anything like that but they definitely need to be catching up faster than they have been. But hey, you know what? 
I don't want anybody to, you know, break under under stress or work a hundred hour work weeks. It's a good it's a good start. We just need we just need a little bit more innovation in this battle pass. People smarter than me will figure that out. So yeah, been playing that. Uh been playing a lot of ranked play. And man, the ranked play. I played one of the, my best games just a few days ago where everybody was just like above a thousand damage, like mid mid thousand damage. Like we're talking like one thousand five hundred, everybody just doing really solid work. And the match was fast. Man, it's a lot more of a methodical gameplay when you hit from casual to ranked. It's just the type of players are a lot smarter. And so it's not just having to think on your feet, but it's really just having to think smarter with every move you make. And whichever character you take, they'll be watching you. So you have to be, you have to think more in ranked. And it's, it really rewards people for playing smart, not playing just overly aggressive. But again, that's what I've been playing this week. Not a whole lot else because of the holiday. I've actually, and I know this is not like PlayStation centric, but real talk here. Stranger Things season three. That's what I was addicted to last week. Holy freaking crap. I, I just saw like the stats on this thing. Um, season three, 40 million people have watched it and already 18 million people have finished season three. That's nuts. It's, it beats some type of record. It's crazy. And right now, if you're playing Fortnite, this is how I'll tie in video games and PlayStation to this uh, to this rant. Right now, you can buy the Demogorgon skin and um, and uh, Hopper skin as well on Fortnite, so you can play that. It's an awesome crossover. There's a ton of crossover to that and just Fortnite. It's it's crazy. So yeah, that's what we've been playing this week. Again, it's been a little it's been a little light on plays and it's been a whole hell of a lot light on news. And so with that, let's get into the news this week with our first story. No Man's Sky creator explains why Anthem and Fallout 76 developers should stay silent. This comes from my best friend Adam Bankers over at IGN. Sean Murray spoke during the keynote panel at 2019's developer conference in Brightham, uh, Brighton, UK and discussed how difficult it was to stay quiet following No Man's Sky's rough release in 2016. We went through about two years without talking to press at all, Murray said, and we went about three months without saying anything to our community either. It was really hard. I sat down so many times and wrote the perfect blog post that was going to explain everything about the game's development and the roadmap going ahead. But I could see that it didn't hold any credibility with regards to where we're at. And then going further into the quote, he says, and I see EA, Microsoft, or Bethesda try to placate players by just talking to them or for right or wrong, it just doesn't really work. You see this all the time when a big publisher will talk to its community to try to solve a problem and then get embroiled in taking up more time, or sorry, more of its headspace. And that's the whole quote. So I like this because No Man's Sky, this generation at least, it seemed like the first big, big game that we didn't know what the hell it was. And when it came out, it didn't live up to expectations, right? You could call them lies. You could call him, you know, losing scope of the project. But, you know, we thought one thing of No Man's Sky. And then when it actually came out, it was something a lot less great. 
at least at the start. And we've seen No Man's Sky over the past years start to evolve into not just something it should have been at launch, but something a lot more, right? We just saw, what was it? Oh my God, has it been last year? Last year with No Man's Sky Beyond, right? It is what that game should have been. Now we're going to see PSVR support in No Man's Sky, which is going to be really awesome. Going to take that game to a whole new scope. It's just interesting to see Sean Murray say, you know, we're worried about Anthem Silence. And really, I he's the way he's saying it, it feels like he thinks that's the right approach. You know what? Get rid of the roadmaps. They suck and they're stupid, right? Look at how Bethesda talked about Fallout 76. We went into this IGN interview where he's kind of like, yeah, we knew it was going to be a little rough around the edges. And that pissed off players. You know, his kind of just nonchalant approach to, yeah, we've had problems. Let me solve it with a joke didn't really get people the way, you know, on, on the back of Bethesda's support, on on Bethesda's side. They were kind of just like, wow, really? You knew this game was going to be shit, and then you actually just put it out there anyway? Really? That's how you're going to treat your customers? And then what? We see at E3, they roll out the game for free for a week for everybody to try, you know, cut the price in half, introduce a battle royale mode, just a Hail Mary attempt to get us on board and then give us a shitty roadmap. And then everybody looks at it going, yeah, but is that really going to solve the problems of this game? Is a roadmap or promises going to fix this game when the promise of you making a good game that worked at launch didn't go well, right? Even the promise of giving people a fucking nylon bag. Come on. Just the little things that we're supposed to just take their word for it. Whereas Sea of Thieves, I think, also did something really right, which was, hey, listen, we're just going to shut up. And we're just going to put out updates. And then when we have enough to say, we'll come out with this big year one kind of relaunch of the project. And now Sea of Thieves, from what I'm aware of, has a really strong, passionate, loving community there. And so, yeah, I think Sean Murray, what he's trying to say is kind of dead on. It's just like, listen, shut up and put your head down and go to work. That's the only way you're going to solve this problem. It's just... Listen, saying anything isn't going to fix anything because nobody's going to believe you. Even if you hit every single deadline, you promised this thing at launch and it never was, and it, it was never tangible. It was never accurate. So I would like to see where, you know, I would see Anthem would be in a few months from now if they could get their whole ducks in a row. But to be completely honest, I think when a game like Anthem, man, I kind of think it's just dead in the water at this point i walked into best buy or sorry not best buy gamestop the other day and it was at like 17.99 pre-owned and i was like yikes i think like some games it works like no man's sky because there's not another game like no man's sky right like the audience for that is such a niche thing where anthem you could get a looter shooter anywhere i mean like a few weeks afterwards we got the division two and it's one of maybe even my favorite in terms of what you need to do to launch a, you know, a, a, a games as service game, a fleshed out experience just weeks after that game came out kind of showed the complete opposite, a game filled with content with a game that wasn't, you know, just filled with a whole lot of empty promises. So this is a really, again, telling take on what you need to do. If you're caught in that position, I just hope that at this point, we can get past the hate train, the, you know, the barrage of this sucks, that sucks. And 
just being awful to developers. Like, I really hope what I'm saying here when we talk about, like, Fallout 76, that I'm not throwing too much kerosene on the fire. It's just stating a fact, like, this game's not that great. And then hopefully it goes, it gets better in a few months from now. Not just throwing hate to throw on hate or bashing something just to bash it. There needs to be this critical response. So I really do like what Sean Murray says. It's kind of like you have to, you have to prove, you have to prove yourself by actually going out there and doing that thing. So there you go. There's our first news story of the day. And let's get to our second piece of news this week. Yes, I'm doing the notes at the same exact time, guys. I'm hosting. I'm reading the notes. I'm taking down time codes. I'm doing all this from the fly. Look at that. And you know what? Yes, they're not called news stories, Kyle. They're called goobers. My apologies. But you know what? When you're a one-man band, what can you do? Seriously. And like the... Like that said, I wish I ran a Nintendo podcast right now because there's a ton to talk about, right? You got the Switch Lite coming out and like people are like, oh, I hate it because it's not coming with a duck. <laughs> What's that? I already own a Switch. Whatever. I would love to have that. That's a good 20-minute conversation right there, you know? Pick up any Joe Blow on the street. He'll tell you He'll tell you a tale about what he thinks on the Nintendo Switch. Here, today, this week, what do we got, huh? So let's get into the next goober and that is todd oxer's question that we received over the weekend that states this first off how are you doing todd uh he says when do we get the next playstation state of play it's almost been two months since the last one what would you like to see now this is a really great question and again it kind of goes to show how much news we've gotten over the past week when it comes to playstation related stuff i wish i wish we could do a Nintendo show because right now you could do anything on Nintendo all about that switch like goodness. But when it comes to state of play, let's be honest with each other here. It has been a while since we've seen a state of play, right? Um, you know, we thought back in the day with the Death Stranding reveal that days afterwards we were going to get a Last of Us state of play, right? I remember that. I remember the big rumor of June, if you were following PlayStation, was after E3, we're going to have a last of us you know state of play again and that rumor was yet again proven wrong and now we're hearing that next week we're going to see something out of sony i think it's like july 15th and so we're at this point where we're kind of chasing breadcrumbs to see when we're going to get our next fix for playstation but if i could be honest with you guys i really don't think there needs to be a time date, right? Like, I don't think State of Play should be an annual thing. I think that's why something like Inside Xbox, where, you know, Inside Xbox was this program where it was like almost almost every single month, Xbox would have this big show. I think it was like an hour long, right? Or, or some a long-ass show where you had all these hosts on stage kind of hyping up Xbox. And what ended up happening was not enough people tuned in. Not enough things were actually impactful. And so they kind of canceled inside Xbox. They're transforming it into something else because the whole monthly format wasn't working because they were trying to meet a deadline. Right. Instead of saying, hey, we gathered a whole bunch of really interesting stuff. Here it is by having to say, hey, if we're having a state of play, it has to be every two months. It kind of dilutes the point of a state of play, which is having something to say. So I think to answer your first question is it's been two months since the last one. Uh, what would you like to see? I would say I would like to see something that interests me in a time that is best for PlayStation. I don't want to sit through another state of play going, all right, cool. 
<laughs> you know, I want something to be excited for. Now, if I am, you know, the marketing PR guru, if I am, <gasps> now if I was shoe, oh my God, I just fit a segment within the segment. Now, if I'm Shu, we all know Shuhei Yoshida is the first party president over at PlayStation, but he's more than that, right? He might as well be the Illuminati. He has that much influence on daily events. So with that, if I'm Shu and I'm saying, okay, a state of play, when is it going to be? Well, I think if we take a look at Death Stranding and how that was announced, that release date, um, I think it was announced in May, at the end of May, and it's coming out beginning of November. So they have about six to seven months of prep time of people to get ready, get hyped for Death Stranding. So I'm going to use that same logic there and say sometime in July this month or August, you'll probably see something for The Last of Us because as all rumors are pointing to, even Jason Schreier, which is probably at this point the only person in the industry we should all trust, um, even he's saying, yeah, no, what I'm hearing, it's February 20th, right? Even I think Ashley Johnson, the, the, the woman that voices Ellie, she let it slip that it was February. So all signs point to February last of us coming out. And I think to give it enough time to get people hyped, you want an announcement in the summer so that you kind of own the news week. I mean, look at, look at this week, right? We're talking we're talking about PlayStation now. That's how slow the week's been. I think if you had something like The Last of Us, well, bam, that just owns the conversation for not just a day or two. You're owning it for at least a good week of rumors, speculation, and just getting pumped for this game. So I think in order to get ahead of the holiday season where everybody's going to talk about the latest games that are dropping, you probably want something mid-August to get people excited for the next step in PlayStation, the final step for the PlayStation 4. So I think it makes sense that we see it when we see it, but if we do see it, it'll probably be at the end of the summer. So that's what I would like to see. Also, if I could give smaller games a shout out, um, I would love to see more of Medieval. I know that's coming out like the week of Halloween. I would like to see more of that. I would also like to see how we're doing like the last year of PlayStation. Maybe this is a state of play they say for December, but like I would love to see all the the rest of the, the games that we that we have, right? Like I wanna see Pixel Opus's game. I wanna see Soccer Punch. I wanna see, you know, what Ghost of Tsushima is really about. And all the little games, the double A, the PSVR games that we haven't seen yet. I wanna I wanna see that from PlayStation uh, State of Play. So with that, that's our first question. Thank you so much, Todd. Let's get to our next goober, which is from the PlayStation blog. Celebrate the 4th of July with Rocket League, Borderlands, and more in PS Now. This comes straight from the blog, and it says, here is the full list of 12 new games joining PlayStation Now this month to download to the PlayStation 4 or stream to the PlayStation 4 and PC. The first game is Borderlands, The Handsome Collection, Dark Arcadia, The Carnival, that's weird, MXGP3, the official motocross video game, oh shit, get hyped, NBA 2K Playgrounds 2, Nightmare, Nightmares from the Deep 2, The Sirens Call, Rad Rogers, Rapella Fishing Pro Series, oh yeah, let's get our fishing on, dude, it's so exciting, it's so exciting, man, it's just fucking fishing in a pond. Getting those little, what are those pants? Like they're rubber and you like you attach them. Like you, you get your little like suspenders on. You get your booties on. And you're just like, I'm going fishing. What are those called? Someone in the comments. Uh, Red Faction 2, 
Real Farm, so don't get it mistaken for the fake farm, Rocket League, Taichian Project, that's T-A-C-H-Y-O-N Project, and Whoopo. <laughs> I want to see what Whoopo's about. W-U-P-P-O. Whoopo. I won the spelling bee. Now, those are the 12 games coming to the PlayStation Now service. Here are the top five games of June on PlayStation Now. They do this every single month, and I feel like I love it. I love bullshit statistics. I love statistics that obviously don't really impact me whatsoever, but they're just fun to read it. So here's the top five games. You have NBA 2K18. Okay, dope. Batman Arkham Knight. Dope. WWE 2K18. Let's see what Paul Heyman does with the WWE. Uh, Mortal Kombat X. And then Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. Our first question for this topic. Goddamn slow news. Sean Capri. He goes, hi. First time, long time. I have a question about PlayStation. Why does the PlayStation talk about PlayStation now? It's pretty good. And let's be honest, it's not that bad. So what the heck? What else do you got, Sony? You dropped the Vita like it was hot. Hey, all right. Just, whoa, come on. Why do you got to hate on PlayStation now? I'm going to cut that question short. How dare you, Sean? But he, I, I, he asked a good question. Why don't we talk about PlayStation now? Like, that's really, the the real question is, we see this every other month from Sony. They're like, here's the new games this month, or here's the statistics from PlayStation Now. And my question to answer that question is like, why don't we listen? And I think if we're thinking real hard about it, I'm sitting back in my chair like a professional, is I think when PlayStation Now first launched, it was just such a different system that we're at the point where like PlayStation Now has made three or four changes to the core service. We don't really know what it is at this point. If you're a casual observer, you just don't know. Because in the beginning, PlayStation Now was like Blockbuster. You paid per day. You owned that that game. You were renting it out. Like you were like, oh, you want to play, I don't know, The Last of Us? Uh, well, that's 10 bucks for seven days. And people are like, well, that's I whoa, that's not a value. You know, I'll just go out there, I'll I'll buy it from GameStop and then return it within seven days. That's not value to me. And so then they changed it up to a service based uh thing like a netflix and then you see it how they've changed from streaming to to now downloading i don't think they have the messaging of what playstation now is yet i think it's very much in a it's always been in a transitional phase it's just kind of like we're figuring what this thing is in the beginning of this generation so that in the beginning of next generation, we can market it as something totally different. We could get people excited for this thing. And I think that's what pretty much Sony is trying to do at this point is get the service where it's a capable service and then selling it to people when this, the service becomes great, which is the beginning of next generation. I kind of threw myself off because I was looking at OBS because goddamn, I thought we weren't recording and I had a little bit of a panic attack. So yeah, I think that's why we just, we don't listen is because the surface has changed so much and it's still in a, in a transition. So I think once, once we get to the PlayStation five, we're going to see something for sure. We're going to see something out of PlayStation. We're going to see something out of PlayStation now, and maybe even change the name of PlayStation now, or maybe even make it even more available like an X cloud esque service. I think that's why they partnered up with Microsoft for those Azure servers. Cause they know it'd be the best. Now let me take a sip of this water. Okay. I've been talking for like 20 minutes. God. Ah, sweet wampum. God, that's good. 
So yeah, that's why we don't listen. But I want to know for you guys out there, why don't you guys uh, listen? I guess to the PlayStation Now. Why aren't you interested? What does it? What does it have to take to get you interested into PlayStation Now? For me, it's a price drop. It's nine ninety nine, and then I'll I'll buy it happily. But I think the last problem is it doesn't have what Microsoft has, which is all first party games are day and date because Microsoft first parties don't sell as well as PlayStation. So PlayStation doesn't have the incentive of of putting God of War on PlayStation now because it sells so good on its own. But who knows? Maybe like maybe every six months you get God of War on there. You know, like you get the latest game, but kind of like a few months out. That would be pretty dope. Anyway, with that. Let's get to the next goober on the list, and that is Shenmue 3's Kickstarter backers won't receive pre-order bonus content. This comes from Brianna Reeves over at PS Lifestyle, and she got this quote from the developers of Shenmue 3, and it states the following. Standard and deluxe versions released through retail sales are not affiliated with the crowdfunding project campaign. So we will not be including with, sorry, we will not be included with backer pledges. However, they will be available for sale separately. Kickstarter backers will receive the Kickstarter version. Slacker backers will receive the Slacker backer version. Holy shit, that just rolls off the tongue so well. Uh, like molasses. Uh, both have unique content respective to their versions and not available in retail versions. A season pass is also not included. A trial version released uh, release date info has yet to be confirmed and will be announced in the updates when details are available. You will be receiving your trial trial version. Oh man, let's talk about a trial version. You gotta put another trial. Who is this? Exhibit? Is he doing the quote here? Yo dog, I heard you like trials, so we put a trial version in your trial version. But we must ask for your patience for a little longer. There will be more information the following days ahead concerning updates. This article, again, Shenmue 3 will hit on the PlayStation 4 and PC later this year, November 19th. And this is exactly the reason why I never kickstart almost anything. So if you guys haven't been following the Shenmue controversy, holy crap, it's been interesting. First and foremost, they promised this campaign coming up for the PC version that all the PC versions, you get Steam codes, okay? If you're back in this game, you're getting a Steam code. And luckily, PlayStation 4, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Last week, they announced, hey, uh, we just made a deal with Deep Silver. They're going to be our publisher. And they made a deal with uh, the Epic Games Store. And they're going to make our game in the Epic Games Store exclusive. And you're like, okay, well, I'm a backer. So that means I still get my Steam code, right? No, you will get an Epic Games Store. And if you don't want that, because the Epic Game Storefront, from what I've been told, I have never used it, is bare bones. And not a lot of people really like it. Like, you don't even have TeamSpeak on it. Um, sorry, party chat. You don't even have a party chat functionality on it. Yeah, it, I showed my age when I said TeamSpeak. Now you know I played Vanilla WoW. If that <laughs> TeamSpeak, Ventrilo. Uh, but yeah, like it lacks basic functions. So when we talk about you know the Epic Game Store, a lot of PC fans aren't a fan of that service. And seeing them going, okay, well if you don't like it, here's your refund. Well, fuck you, man. Like I believe in this game. But I also believe in the promise you gave me. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with No Man's Sky. Don't go back on your word. How are we supposed to be trusting the Shenmue developers when they say one thing, they take our money, and then they do something completely different? It kind of sucks. And now seeing that there's going to be pre-order incentives and a season pass, 
and now you won't be able to get those things, that kind of just irks me the wrong way because I know people that gave this game hundreds of dollars just to see the light of day and to see them get treated this, this, this type of way gets me so turned off on the idea of Kickstarter. That's why like we saw earlier a few weeks ago, Bloodstained's uh, release where the Switch version, the most popular version, ran like shit. Like, there's, like, delays every time you move and every time you attack in the game. And they're just like, yeah, 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 it'll get better in a few weeks. We're going to patch it. It's like, no, I paid for this thing. It should work when it fucking comes out. Even Mighty Number no. 9, best example of a game that, man, people poured money into. And then when it comes out, it is nothing like its promise. So I wanted to put this in here because it is just another reason why I don't Kickstarter a goddamn thing. I want to know if you guys do though. Put it down in the comments below. If you do back things on Kickstarter, uh, you know, tweet us at PS Trophy Room. What do you do? do are you a Kickstarter guy, or are you kind of like sit back, relax, let the chips fall where they do, and kind of assess things once the game actually comes out? Because for me, I've just learned time and time again not to not to fall for it, man. I I just don't trust Kickstarter anymore. I don't know. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go back on this because I know I got the satisfied grips from I, I don't it was a Kickstarter, but it was a company like it. So, yeah, I got one good thing out of Kickstarter or esque, and that was the satisfied grip for the uh, Nintendo Switch, I believe, which are pretty damn dope. I'm not going to lie to you. So if you got any Vita 2s out there, there you go. So with that, coming off the heels of Shenmue, we're just going to make a hard edit because we just got some breaking news in here that is Psychonauts 2 has been delayed until 2020. This comes from Wario64. He took a screenshot from the official um, Double Fine account that says the following. So with that, it says, as you just saw, E3 kicked off with us sneaking into the Microsoft press briefing room to adorn Phil Spencer in a Sakurinot shirt. We snuck past Keanu to announce that we would be joining the Xbox Game Studios and that Psychonauts 2 would be published by Microsoft instead of Starbreeze as a first party title. Now, before anyone panics, we have confirmed that we will be able to honor Psychonauts 2 for every platform that we have already promised here, and that includes bringing the game to PlayStation 4. There shouldn't be too many other noticeable changes for you at all, at least for a little while, with one notable exception. We are now targeting a next year release. We know it's always disappointing when you have to wait a little bit longer, but we also know that you're an amazing supportive bunch who just like us want the game to be as good as possible. So we're hopeful you'll understand a little heart. With that, this news of course, sucks because we always hate to see a game get delayed. But like the whole old Miyamoto quote, uh, you know, a delayed game is delayed, but a bad game is bad game forever, right? Um, with that, I did not know actually uh, Xbox Game Studios was actually publishing uh, Psychonauts 2. But it's telling that Starbreeze is no longer publishing the title at all. If you guys don't know, if you guys haven't been following, because... I know we don't follow it bun uh, a bunch here because we're not the PC crowd. This is a PlayStation-focused show. But Starbreeze is a developer. They made games like Payday, Payday 2, uh, and uh, one of the la uh, last Walking Dead game. I think it was like Walking Dead Overkill, right? Um, 
things have not been looking good for that company. Uh, it looks like they're in the midst of bankruptcy. It looks like there are some shady dealings going on within some people in the company. And it's been on very shaky ground for the last few months, which has had people like Double Fine really nervous about the future of this game, Psychonauts, that people have been really wanting for a really, really long time. And that they've done a Kickstarter-esque campaign on Fig, which is instead of people just giving you money in hopes that you get a good product, Fig actually gives uh, people at certain starting rates uh, money for every copy sold. So it's actually like you're an investor in a, in a project. With that said, though, um, this is really awesome for Double Fine to do this. I think this is an awesome way of showing the contrast of how to handle something like a Kickstarter awfully wrong, like the way Shenmue has been handling it with the exclusive deals with the Epic Game Store, and how we've seen Double Fine take it really respectfully, where, yeah, they just got bought out by Microsoft, but they understand that you own a PlayStation 4. So yeah, they'll be honoring Psychonauts 2 on PlayStation 4 because they promised that to you. It's awesome to see though, though, you know, their deal with Starbreeze has fallen through and that sucks to hear that even Microsoft is still ready to play ball and to play nice with other developers promises to their consumers. And that's really awesome to see. So double fine. Good job on you. I think this is a, a, a bad news, but told in the best way possible that anyone can understand. Because instead of just switching the marketplace under people's feet and then just offering a refund, um, they're actually saying, no, listen, you wanted it on PlayStation 4, you're getting it on PlayStation 4. That, that's what we promised you guys. That's what you're getting. Just because we're bought out by company X, Y, or whatever Z, doesn't matter. We made you a promise, so we're going to focus on that. So it's really awesome to see. And yeah, Double Fine, Psychonauts 2. I'm really excited for this game overall. And I'm I'm thinking a 2020 release date's gonna be better for it. So with that, let's get to the next goober. Our next goober comes straight from Patrick Shalene from the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, this is Netflix to adapt. Cuphead into the animated comedy series, into an animated comedy series. Uh, Netflix and King Features Syndicate, a part of the Hearst Entertainment and holy shit, syndication, are bringing the massively popular indie platforming game Cuphead to the streaming platform with a new anime series called The Cuphead Show. The new animated comedy will expand upon the characters of the world in the game, which centers around the titular hero Cuphead and his brother Mugman, who make a deal with the devil in a high stakes gambling match. Don't gamble, kids, because you know Satan and such. CJ Kettler, Carmen San Diego, from Carmen San Diego, will executive produce four King's features while the Cuphead creators and brothers Chad and Jared Moldenhauer. Did I get it? Did I get it? Probably offended him. Will serve as executive producers for Studio MDHR. The series will be produced by Netflix Animation and is executive produced by Amy and Annie award-winning Dave Wason from the Mickey Mouse shorts and Cosmo Shurgan, and I don't know how you say that name and I offended him, but he's from Mako Rocco's Modern Life. Holy shit. And he's going to serve as executive producer. So, with that... Why am I talking about Cuphead? It's a PlayStation. It's not a PlayStation thing. It's an Xbox thing, right? Kind of. 
not really anymore. It's it's on PC and Switch. Xbox figure shit out. And so why am I talking about this? I think Netflix bringing more game adaptations is something really awesome. Like, I know Witcher is a book series first, but we gamers, we nerds know Witcher for the video game stuff, right? Like, Division is having its own Netflix movie. I love to see even uh, the Castlevania animated shows. It's awesome that these things are existing on a platform that of like Netflix. Cause like, let's be honest, if this show was on CBS, you know what I mean? This cartoon network, Nickelodeon, that's one thing that would never happen. But with Netflix kind of thinking outside the box and I kind of maybe even attribute this to them, maybe even losing their Marvel shows. They really have to think outside the box with competition like Disney plus and bringing on video game properties. That's one way of doing it. And I think Cuphead is a great start. Now, when you look at the animation, the reason why I wanted to talk about the producers here is because all of them have unique art styles, the executive producers that are attached, especially Carmen Sandiego. But the Rocco's Modern Life, holy crap. When you look at Cuphead, you see the smiles. I saw something reminiscent of Rocco's Modern Life. I'm really happy for this. I'm really ecstatic for it because it gives me hope that this is how we're going to get the right video game adaptation is when studios, when studios give their games to the right people. And I think uh, Netflix animation does great work. And I think they're going to handle this with a lot of care, but also goes to show like things like the Pokemon uh, movie, right? A few months ago, if you give it to people that actually give a crap who are actually are good at their craft, you're going to make something really special. So I have a lot of high hopes for the Cuphead show. I just really hope it is in the same vein of like a Tom and Jerry. Like that's what I really want from it. An old timey Looney Tunes esque art style. I know it's not going to be, you know, hand drawn. It's going to be digitally drawn, but I would like to see that art style make a resurgence here, man. I would love to see a Hanna-Barbera esque animation at work here. I just, I don't know. I miss it. And so with that, my question was going to be for a co-host is what title would you like to see an animated show of? Now, again, please write in the comments what you would like to see. For me, when it comes to an animated show, because I know we talked about this a few months back of like, what would you like to have a movie version of? But when I'm talking about like animation, it takes something really special to animate. And when I think of a PlayStation property that can do really well in the animation department, I'm thinking two things. A, a kid show for Little Big Planet. Absolutely, man. Media Molecule just kills it. And they make such beautiful art that I would love to see that and how they would adapt it into an animated show. But more importantly than that, I would love to see, and probably this be like on Disney Plus or something, but I would love to see the PS4 Spider-Man have his own animated show. Spider-Man the Animated Series was one of my favorites as a kid, right next to the Batman Animated Series. And so I would love to see that passion of like, what is the white spider Spider-Man doing right now? Like how did our white spider Peter Parker, how, how did he come to be? Like, I would love to see his origin story because when we played Spider-Man, it, it, you're Spider-Man. He has all of his abilities. He's found himself. He just hasn't found himself of MJ yet, right? And so I would love to see what was the catalyst to getting Kingpin locked up. 
right? Like he already knows the lizard. Well, let's backtrack on how he met the lizard. You know, I would love to see that animated series. And I think you could even, yeah, you could, you could play around with the Harry Osborne uh, stuff as well. So I, I would really like to see that as an animated show more than anything. But with all that said, with all that out of the way, everybody, that's all I got for you this week. But you need to hold on to something. Tim Ulf, Sammy, Sammy in the back, hold on to something. Lock the doors. Prepare the drop. This week, the latest and greatest in all things PlayStation lands on the PlayStation storefront. But the problem is, there's way too many awesome games. So, Joe has to pick the one game that speaks to him in the week of July 8th. And that game is... Are you kidding me, PlayStation blog? Here I am, right? I'm shuffling. Kyle's still sick, so I gotta find a co-host. Co-hosts, they're all sick. They're losing their voice. And what do I gotta do? I gotta improvise. I gotta I gotta lone wolf it. You know what I mean? Okay, fine. Well, you know who will never fail me? The PlayStation blog. You know who are good folks? The PlayStation blog. They wouldn't skip a week. What's everybody on vacation? Everybody sleeping sleeping behind the wheel today at the block? Huh? Everybody enjoy the fourth? A little bit too much? I don't know because it wasn't a PlayStation drop this week. And you better be goddamn ashamed of yourselves. Each and every one of you. I'm only kidding. If there's no games to talk about, that's fine. Again, I was playing more Apex. And here's Sea Solitude has a couple of mixed reviews. This gets me a little bummed out. I, I, I hope the best for that game's success. I would like to see. So that's a game I'm interested in. But that's last week's game, man. Blog, you had one job. And I was to be competent at your job. What's wrong with you? I'm only kidding. You guys do great work. But with that, we enter into the last segment. My favorite segment each and every week. You can send us your questions via the PS Trophy Room. Via the Casa de Bad Bit Discord server. Links down below. You could ask us any PlayStation question. You might get a PlayStation answer on the show. And because this week's show, oh my God, have I told you that there hasn't been a lot of news this out this week? Because there hasn't been. Or you could always send your mail via, you know, Andrew House's email address or address. And I fly in to Andrew House's house each and every week and I steal his shit. Like I steal his mail, sometimes a nice expensive vase. That's how they say vase in, in Britain. That's a fact. Um, you know, sometimes I like to like weekend at Bernie's, the kids, the dumb, dumb idiot kids, but walking out with a suit and tie, you know, arms failing. Hello, I made you house your father, your papa. And they're like, oh, papa, it's yay. Oh my God, papa, where have you been? And I'm like, I've been out on Nissan because that's where I work now. Nothing to do with PlayStation. And then I steal all the shit and then bam, we're here each and every week. How great is that you know what maybe the segment has run its course because <laughs> here's the part of the show midway through right kyle would stop me go joe you can't do this this is illegal he'll call the cyber police whatever and uh <laughs> i usually stop i usually don't get to go full board with this plan but i just all right uh so with that adam watson writes in what do you imagine would happen if Sony announced the PlayStation 5 was going to release in March 2020? Would this solidify their lead in the next-gen PS? This will never happen. 
Well, you know what? Never say never, Watson. You never know. First off, what are, what's with you and all these great questions? I love it. Keep it, keep them coming, please, please, please. Um, yeah, no, this is a great question, Watson. I think when we're talking about like generations, a lot of people think, well, if you come out first, obviously means you're gonna have a lead, right? That's just not the case because technically, if we were in Nintendo now, if I ran Nintendo, I would look back at my life and all the mistakes we've made. And I one in particular would be the Wii U because I remember Reggie fils that beautiful man standing uh, in Rockefeller Center saying, that wasn't Rockefeller Center. What did I say there? Rockefeller Center. Um, he was standing there going, the next generation starts with the Nintendo Wii U. <laughs> what a dumb idiot. And so like, yeah, like that's not going to happen. Like that wasn't the start of this generation. Um, I think like sales numbers, it's hard. We got to get over it, but I don't think they, a next generation means, oh, the Xbox came out. That means this is the next generation. I actually think it's whenever that console launches is their generation of consoles. So like if I'm looking at PlayStation 4, that generation happened November 13th, right? If I'm looking at Xbox, it's, you know, November 6th or something like that. You know, if I'm looking at the Nintendo Switch, I'm thinking that generation started two years ago. And the Wii U generation ended with the launch of the Switch. So that's what I kind of think. Would this give them a lead? Sure. Just because numbers, right? But I don't think that necessarily means that momentum is going to keep going till the end of the year until the Scarlet comes out. I, I think what really PlayStation needs to do is just focus on them. Focus on what they're doing right, which is their publishing arm is the healthiest it's ever been. Keep on making great games and then focus on the things you're doing wrong. Like PlayStation Now, we were talking about, oh my God, we've come full circle. Adam Watson, you genius. Look at how you took me here. Like you focus on PlayStation Now and you're like, oh, right. This didn't work halfway through this generation. Why? Address it, fix it. And then, yeah, like you, you start fixing the services or the things that are weak that your company has and you make them strong. And so I think that's what, playstation does is just focus on them you know let microsoft and, and google stadia fight this cloud thing just focus on you and i think that's how you keep people interested is is by hey what's gonna happen in the next god of war hey what's gonna happen in last of us part three you know it's a trilogy right what's gonna happen in the next ghost of tsushima horizon zero dawn there's a new kill zone game what's that all about like that's how you keep people interested is they've built up their first party arm in such a way where like Naughty Dog has been a household name, but like Santa Monica is a household name now. Like if you're a hardcore gamer, you get those too. Um, you know, we don't, I would say, I would like to say Sucker Punch as well, but that, that's not the case, right? But like, you know, Kojima Productions, if they're able to sign them on, that could be a household name in a matter of minutes. You know, the, the, uh, Gorilla Games with Horizon Zero Dawn, their first party studio is just so freaking strong at this point in time that all their studios are just at the pinnacle so i think that's how you keep people engaged you know and, 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 and yeah let's 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 focus not on what xbox is doing because honest to god uh chances are i might may or may not even buy the next xbox i might just get game pass and play it on my pc you know so like numbers don't mean everything anymore and by me saying that that doesn't say that the scarlet it sucks it just says that their services are so freaking great that i don't think numbers really matter anymore and i hope i hope we could get past that where we're just thinking like i'm in my ecosystem of playstation and and it's great 
oh, Xbox is doing their thing. That's great. You know, like we're all in our corners and we're rooting for each other to do well, but we're also just like focused on what makes our ecosystem great. So that's what I think. Just focus on you. It's kind of like the you do you boo boo strategy. Uh, next question comes from Todd Oxra, who asks this question. He got two this week, Todd. You see this? On this podcast, Todd, we respect you. We put your questions out there. Sometimes they're some of the main topics. Sometimes they're right here with the rest of them, all right? They're great. They're great either way. All <laughs> Sony always brings out new IP. Why do they laugh like that? Ugh, ugh, ugh. God, well, you know what? When you're hosting alone, you get to realize your, your little, like, little kinks and not like the cool kinks i mean like the weird shit you do like laugh like that or that could be someone's kink who knows sony always brings out new ip every generation what would you like to see from the new devs i'd like to see naughty dog make a james bond inspired spy game full cool gadgets excellent villains witty dialogue that is excellent so like this even goes along with adam's question of like next generation what do they need to do to like to win every generation we see all this cool new ip like come on knack dope (laughs) but really what would you like to see from studios um as a great question like what new ip would i like to see from ben's studio dude give me a siphon filter game like everybody is is saying give me splinter cell what if we had a siphon filter game that had a splinter cell meets 24 vibe that would be awesome. Like completely remade. Just take the title, siphon filter, make a government conspiracy, cover up bullshit, nonsense, biochemical terrorists, and just have that 24 Jack Bauer spin on it. That's dope. Everybody wants a, a, a awesome, cool stealth game. Make that one of your first party games, man. Ben Studio. I would like to see what they do in a corridor setting. Not these big, huge flash mobs of zombies, but actual like, Sneaky stealth. I want to see it, man. I want to see it. Another one comes to mind would be uh, Pol- Pol- I can never say their name. Polyphony. Did I do it? I can't. Because here's the thing. All right, guys, I'm letting you into my life. I had a lisp as a kid and I'm dyslexic. You put those two together and I'm constantly trying to say words and I'm from Jersey. So polyphony. I got it. I got it. So there you go. All I had to tell you guys was a deep truth. I was able to say it. Uh, either, <laughs> either give me a numbered Gran Turismo game or give me like a Gran Turismo, but like Forza Horizon style. Because honest to God, I like, I like a good sim racer, but I'm never good at them. I would like to see them kind of just like take their shoes off a little bit and just have fun. And I think Forza Horizon has always been my favorite kind of racing franchise because it's just enough sim and it's just enough, hey, just bullshit, have fun, race around in this open world. I would love to see Gran Turismo take the driving sim back or at least give Forza a run for its money. I would love to see that out of Polyphony. I was on a roll. Polyphony. I would love to see that out of them. I would love to see a new Gran Turismo game. More than anything in the world, Ron. And next but not least, Sucker Punch. Listen, I love Infamous, and I say that jokingly because I don't really have any strong feelings. I know Kyle loves loves uh, Sucker Punch. They did great work with Infamous. All right? I'm not going to give the, cut them any shit here. But what I will say is, you know when you were playing Infamous, you were thinking X-Men. 
Dude, give PlayStation an X-Men game. Give Sucker Punch an X-Men game. Give me Wolverine. Give me Cyclops. Give me Jean Grey. Give me Nightcrawler, dude. Give me all... They're so good at superpowers. Just give me, like, this team-based, like... I'm thinking maybe something like Avengers, but, like, give me the X-Men. God, how awesome would it be if someone figured out how to make Nightcrawler work in a video game? Give me that. Nightcrawler is one of my favorites. Give me Magneto being able to, again, manipulate metal. Like we saw that in, in infamous with the lady being able to manipulate concrete. You're like, how the fudge do you beat this broad? Concrete's everywhere. We're in a city. Do I trick her? Do I take her out to like a, like, do we go hiking one day? And I got you out, bitch. Like, what do you do here? You can't. God, she was a hard boss. Fun, fun boss now. Jeez. Like, give me something like that, man. Give me a, give me an X-Men game. Oh, my God. The next question comes from the great Amy Kate Alexander. Uh, what do you think of Death Stranding's... Or, sorry, what do you think will be Death Stranding Metacritic Average? What will it be? Um, excellent question, Amy, as always. I would like to say... Uh, first, sub- subscribe to uh, Words About Games, because that's, that's Amy's thing, and uh, she does great work there. And secondly, I'm going to say it's Kojima, so everybody's going to give it a 9 and a 10 because it's weird. But in actuality, it's just a great game. It's like a solid 8. That's what I think this game's going to be. I have no idea. Because when I see this game, guys, I actually get worried. I get legitimately fearful. Because from what I see from the game, it looks all right. Like, the world looks beautiful. But, like, we saw, we, we saw like, five seconds of shooting, a monster from Stranger Things. Hades, and then, like, Mad Mickelson speaking in riddles. You know? Uh, that's it. But, again, I want to see what this game is. But I don't know. It's a strand game. It's a game that we've never played before. It's either going to be super pretentious, everybody's going to give it a 9 because it's so thoughtful, or it's actually a really just great game. So I'm thinking it's going to be somewhere in the 8s. Because when you look at a Kojima game, now me not trying to play a character here, they're always in the high 8s nines as well like they're always kojima's never made a bad game i don't think so so look at look at his metacritic average i think that's what we're gonna get here with death stranding and i think if the game does really really well you're gonna see uh you're gonna see you know kojima productions get bought out pretty swiftly because be honest a lot of people are like well since he was with koji uh kodami you know i think he likes his freedom i'm like yeah he was with konami a company that was known to be shitty for like 20 plus years, right? So yeah, he likes his freedom now, but he was with a company for decades. So it looks like he does like the partnership as long as you don't fuck with his creative process. And if you don't mess with it, he's fine with you. I don't think I don't think Kojima looks at it as, man, I wish my game was everywhere. I wish my game sold really great. That's never what Kojima's about. Kojima is about let's let me make something freaking weird that's gonna blow your mind. That's what Kojima's about. He's not a sales guy. He is a pure creator to to the nth degree, or else you would not see half the names jump on Death Stranding the way that they have, right? You wouldn't see Del Toro's body in there, you know? So yeah, that's what I think. I think it's going to be a high eight game. But you know what? We'll get to that conversation when it happens. I would like to do a you know a week before Death Stranding's re- reveal or sorry release. Me and Kyle do like a like a what is this game going to be? Kind of like a like a deep dive on what our thoughts are walking in. So then when you see us next week with our thoughts walking out, I'd like to see how they evolve over time. 
be pretty dope. With that, guys, gang, everybody, ladies, gents, that's been the, the trophy room. I was going to say the Xbox drive. What the fuck's wrong with me? That's been the trophy room. Uh, gang, guys, listen, I'm going to be real with you for just a second here. It's been a pretty rough few weeks, man. And I want to thank everybody for sticking with us. Episode 100 was not the way that I wanted it to go. This week's episode was not the way I wanted it to go. But sometimes you just, you can't help when people get sick, right? Can't help. Like right now I'm in the middle of my uh, Spanish final summer, summer class. So right now my head's everywhere and I'm just trying to trying to gasp for air anywhere I can. So again, I want to thank everybody for sticking with me. If you like this episode, please let me know. Uh, Cause I, it's really hard. This episode probably is the hardest episode I've ever had to do because it's just one long rant. It's like a 40, 50 minute rant. I don't even know how long time-wise it's been. So everybody with all that said, with all that out of the way, keep hunting and keep playing PlayStation. I love you all. Oh, wait, I lied. You can find this show. <laughs> it's because I'm so tired. You can find the show on iTunes. You can find this show on podcast services around the globe. Please rate us five stars on iTunes. That helps too. Okay, now that was a fake out. Bye. Now keep hunting. Keep playing PlayStation. Bye.